Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo Whoa. of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome back to another episode of Hoop and Holler. It is a beautiful Saturday night here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm joined by two guys living out there in bum-ass California. How y'all doing today? Uh, way better than you. Oh, really? You don't know how <laughs> I'm doing. Is it snowing over there? Is it snowing over there? Not yet. Give it a couple weeks. <laughs> Give it a couple weeks. By Christmas, I'm sure I'll have a whole lot of a whole lot of white outside my window. But that's besides the point. Eddie, how you doing? Bumass California, is that, is that what we're on now? That's what I'm going to keep saying. I'm going to keep telling myself until I come back. <laughs> you're trying to counter elitism with, you know, with, with, with blissful ignorance or whatever. It's not really that bliss. That's Considering that I live out there most of the time, I know what it is. But, you know, unfortunately, the oh, actually not unfortunate, but the good side of not being in California right now is I don't have Julio just hounding me about going to play basketball when knowing full well that it's not going to go well for me. Is it warm enough to play out there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I miss yeah. that. Isn't it like 80, 80 degrees in L.A.? 80? Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, my gosh, bro. Yeah, y'all are lucky. Not, not so not so bum-ass California. No, that, that, not that's so not bum at all, yeah. bro. You can go to a beach right now. That is, that is, God is good for you. Not so much in Memphis. We... Can't even go outside to take out the trash. But anyway, got a whole lot of NBA news. We're going to be coming with the second half of our predictions. Not predictions, but kind of speculations for the upcoming season. We gave you the Eastern Conference last episode. We're going to give you our tiers for the Western Conference. S-A-B-D-A-B-C. Lord, that's what 11 o'clock will do to you. I forgot C's and alphabet <laughs> letters. So let's go ahead and jump into it before I keep rambling on and messing up my, my alphabet letters. But before we do that... Let's talk a little bit about Paul George signing this super max deal. Five years, $190 million with the potential to go up to, like, what, 226 So pretty penny for Paul George. How are you feeling about that, Julio? I know you've expressed some sentiments about Paul George recently on the show, so I'll probably flip it to you first. How do you feel? Um, I think the conversation is kind of uh, misplaced, in my opinion. It's not whether or not, you know – individually he deserves it coming off of a not so great playoff performance, but it, it's more of a, you, you have to be realistic with these things. So, I mean, is he an above average player? Yes. He's much better than a, just above average. He's much, he, he's better than just a good player. So whether he de- deserves it or not, that's just the NBA market. So I, I think people are getting too carried away for as much flack as I give them. People are getting too carried away with, you know, Paul George didn't deserve this or that, you know, the, the Clippers gave up so much to get him. So I think they were just kind of strong armed into giving him a max deal because who knows what, what, what if Kawhi and PG left 
So, I mean, now if by next offseason, uh, uh, if Kawhi leaves, at least you got PG locked up long term. Or uh, the first thought that came into my head when he signed, when the news came out, um, was that now he's a legitimate trade piece. Because if you want to trade him for, say, a Harden, Houston's not going to want to do that so much just because, uh, not because of who PG is, but because of his contract now because he only had one more year on his deal. But now, now that's a legitimately, you know, movable contract that can maybe yield a guy like, maybe not Harden, but, you know, Bradley players Beal. like that. So, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the Clippers were in a position where they kind of had to do it. Um, they didn't have any long-term you know, they, they gave up a lot of long-term assets. So I, I just think they had to do it. They didn't have a choice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you said that PG deserved this deal um, because the idea that he's not a max player is, is kind of, you know, stupid. And, you know, all the criticisms about him, you know, saying um, whatever he said on, on the All The Smoke podcast and all that, you know, Julio, you went over. Like, all that is valid, but it doesn't take away from the fact that He's still a borderline, maybe top 10 player, right, when he's at the top of his game. So, again, that, that's a max player in today's NBA. And um, also the sunk cost fallacy, right, the Clippers gave up like seven first-round picks and shy Gilgis Alexander for him. They don't want to just have him walk, you know, after giving up such a hefty price for him. But, I mean, also if you're Paul George, you might as well lock in, you know, the money you can get. And... While this doesn't guarantee that he's going to be a, quote, clipper for life, like he said, you know, in whatever press conference, it does kind of make it harder for PG to want out because I don't know if uh, another team sees that he's going to be getting like 40-something million dollars into his age, what, 34, 35 season and want to give up assets for a guy like him, kind of like how Russell Westbrook ended up being a negative contract. Um, So, you know, so I think Paul George with this contract, whether he wants to or not, is kind of making himself be a clipper for life or for the most of his, you know, playing career, which is kind of interesting. But I think if you were Paul George, you know, you take the money and then see what you can do after that. I don't, I don't think his contract is going to be a bad contract because he's not, I mean, he can be explosive, but that's not what his game is dependent on. Paul George is one of those dudes who, you know, slows the game down and can play at a slow pace and, you know, moves at, at his own pace. And that, that, that's a compliment because he's very skilled. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a bad contract. So he's 30 years old right now. Um, 31 in May. So he has a little bit of time, pretty much 30 and a half. I give it two years before it becomes a negative deal because just how many dudes are at 33 playing at an all-star level, right? Um, especially on the wing and, and you got, you know, young wings coming up. So I, I would, I would, be more inclined to agree with Eddie that it becomes a deal that's difficult to move after maybe next year, maybe the year after, but it won't be, you know, when he's 34, teams are going to be willing to cough up significant bread to go get a guy like Paul George. So if the Clippers are going to use him as a legitimate trade piece now, I'd say they have to do it relatively soon before it becomes evident that Paul George isn't the player that he used to be. So, um, I mean, Again, it makes sense for all parties. Like you said, the, the Clippers were kind of back into a corner here of, of potentially facing, you know, doing all of that to get Kawhi and Paul George and having nothing to show for it, no championship or the players. So, um, you know, good for Paul George for getting his money. Good for the Clippers for getting their guy. But 
don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with it because I, I still don't think he'll be with the Clippers for, for all that much longer. It seems like that. that's what, ready to blow up. It'll be interesting to see what Kawhi does because in, in PG's press conference, when they when they asked him about the max extension, he was like, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, I love being here. I want to be a Clipper for life. Uh, uh, I hope, you know, because they asked him about Kawhi and he was like, I hope he, he, he uh, realizes that, you know, I'm committed to this franchise. I'm committed to him. I love playing with him. He sounded he sounded kind of desperate, like Kawhi, please stay, hmm. essentially. Um, so I, I'm just interested to see what Kawhi does. I think Kawhi is comfortable, but I you know wouldn't obviously put it past him to bounce if the season doesn't go well. Kind of off schedule, but on the note of Kawhi, I don't know. You you always hear about Kawhi talking in like context where. He's almost uncomfortable, like with a microphone stuck in his face and you get all the memes and whatnot. But it was kind of interesting to hear Wesley Matthews. There was a story that like Wesley Matthews, Kawhi was talking to him mid game, asking him how old Taylor Horton Tucker was. And that kind of just struck me as weird. Like I can't imagine I would never have guessed that Kawhi is the type of dude to like talk to somebody in the middle of a game about another player. Like he was like, yo, he's 19. Like, I don't know. That was just a weird thing to me. I was like, really? THC is nice, bro. He was hooping. He was hooping. To all my Laker fans out there, man, man, he's nice. He's nice. THT or so you think you think you think a guy even as you know as uh, monotone as Kawhi is is just gonna not talk for forty eight minutes during I, a game? Like or sure, it was like teammates, right? Like I would imagine like you know teammates and, and whatnot, but like I wouldn't imagine Kawhi or yeah Kawhi talking noise to somebody. I wouldn't. He told, he, he told Montrez. He's like hell no. Nah. Oh, <laughs> that was hilarious. Bro. And then and then Montre then Montrez after that put back dunk and, and then they, he went down the floor. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it, but he went down the floor. There's a Clipper miss shot. He was like, "Hell no, f no, f no." <laughs> Montrez is a clown, bro. I'm I'm happy to have him on the team. He's like just a funny player to observe watching. Um, that was an interesting game. I don't want to get too deep into it, but that was an interesting game to uh, observe. Montrez looked real I good. Think, I think Kawhi is sneaky, like funny. You no, know, uh, just it's not not funny. Like can be you know cold. Can be like I think the idea that he's emotionless and a robot is like sure he's probably more robotic than many NBA players, but also I, I, we've created I, such a character of him. But you know he's out here recruiting people and you know being like one of the guys who's like leading players to come to the Clippers and, you know, saying hell no after the dude's shoot. Like, it's not like he's some sort of vanilla type dude. I just think, I just think he's like Kyrie, but him and Kyrie have polar opposite execution styles. Like, you know, they don't want to be bothered by the media, but Kyrie will put it out there and then he'll get bothered. And then Kawhi won't put it out there. And then sometimes he will get bothered. Hmm. I just think, you know, their executions are polar opposite. Interesting. Kyrie and Kawhi, long-lost twins. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the rest of this episode. The tears. Y'all ready for part two? Yes, sir. Hmm. This one was tough, just like the East. Extremely tough. Honestly, like, looking at it holistically, and maybe I'll flip this question. If you guys want to answer it first or after we're done in general, that's up to y'all, but... Looking at it after having ranked everybody, it's like the NBA is in a good ass spot right now. There's a lot of good teams in basketball right now. It might be even better than last year in terms of not knowing what the hell is going to happen. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I think making the play-in and adding 10 teams on each side is good in that facet. Like, I'm one of those people who normally would think that the NBA should decrease the amount of playoff teams because no one needs to see the eight seed get swept by the first seed every you know every year. But at the same time, you want to incentivize making the playoffs, right? Because, I mean, if there were only, like, 10 playoff teams, you'd have a bunch of teams. So I kind of get it, you know, encourage competition. And what you get is a lot of teams that think that they can compete. And whether they can actually is a different question. But it's healthy for the league to actually play to win and not play to lose. Hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Do we want to start good to trash or do we want to go trash to good this time? Let's still go 1 to 15. 1 to 15. All right. Who wants to kick it off? Uh, I think I think I'll do it because I said you have the last S-tier. time on the Eastern Conference tiers that I said there's only one S-tier team in the league this season, and that's the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, not only S-tier in the Western Conference, but S-tier across the entire NBA. Um, maybe I'm more bullish on them, even as you know a, a Warriors fan or whatever, but this is clearly the championship favorite um, coming into this season, right? I mean, according to ESPN, they have the first and second best players in the NBA. But I mean, outside of that, LeBron and AD has the best. I mean, is the best duel in the NBA, right? Whether there were any questions about that, it was proven in the in the bubble last year. And then their depth, it went from like mediocre maybe to like very solid depth and filling in holes where they needed to, especially when you talk about playoff time and. It's kind of funny because last year we were saying, well, why are the Clippers better than the Lakers? Because the Clippers have, you know, good, solid depth. I argue that what the Lakers have this year in depth rivals what the Clippers had last year, except, you know, we kind of know that they have a pedigree of winning after last season now. Like we talk about Wesley Matthews. I think that's an upgrade from Danny Green. Marcus Saul is a guy that you can actually trust in the playoffs over JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Um, I mean, Montrez is going to be a regular season player, but he keeps, you know, the team afloat with energy. Uh, and then I think Dennis Schroeder is, is, you know, another energy guy. He's not going to pass it like Rondo, but, you know, he, he gives a much more complete game than Rondo. Um, and then, I mean, you still have KCP there. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but you have the best duo in the league, and then you have a vastly improved bench and, you know, depth pieces. And you take the championship team from last year – and then upgrade them another notch. That's an S tier team for me. No, you see, you, you can, you can, uh, that can all be true, but it doesn't mean you're an overwhelming favorite. Like, there's no way you're going to lose. Uh, and that's what an S tier team is to me. An S tier team to me is, is, you know, the Warriors. Even, even if one of your main core guys got hurt, I mean, you're still the favorites. And that the, the Lakers aren't that to me. And I see what you're doing here. I see what you're doing here. Hedging his bets, right? He he wants it. (laughs) Mr. Warriors fan, I know you want to set expectations up up for us so you can be like, they were supposed to win. What happened? What happened? Um, uh, But, yeah, uh, going back to, you know, our tiers, I don't have an S-tier team. I I found myself caught in the middle. I'm agreeing with you, Julio. I don't have an S-tier team either. Um, I do look at the Lakers as, like, a clear favorite but when I think about an S-tier team, I think about a team where 
you know, like not like it's impossible for you to not win the championship. But if you told me at the end of the year that they didn't come out of their respective conference, respective conference, excuse me, I would be like, well, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? Like, like something crazy had to have happened for that to be the case. Um, almost like the Clippers last year. Like I would have, you know, maybe not consider them all the way an S tier team, but they were really pushing it just considering everything that we thought that they had. Um, obviously they were lacking in culture, but I don't think that the Lakers would necessarily breach S tier just because of how talented the Western Conference is. The Clippers, right, they're not as good of a team as the Lakers on paper. I, I would concede that, but I'm not sure that the difference between the two is enough for me to say the Lakers had damn well better win the Western Conference or something went horribly, horribly wrong. And, and so, my, 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 thing, my thing with the Lakers is, is that uh, I, I know that we did get better, you know, holistically as a team, but it's with guys that I don't necessarily love. I, I don't love Dennis uh, uh, Schroeder as much as other people. I don't, you know, M Montrez kind of scares me just because of the fit he standpoint. Scares me too. I, I know he, Montrez scares I know, me a lot. <laughs> I, I know he's a good player. Um, <laughs> and my thing is we did get better in areas like off the bench scoring, uh, scoring punches without AD and Braun on the court. But it's almost... I. I'm not. I'm not saying that Dennis Schroeder is going to have a regression year, but it's. It, it to me, in my mind, it almost feels kind of inevitable. Um, just I, I just don't believe that that's that his ceiling, which was last year, is just consistent, is sustainable. Um, and with what we gained, we also lost uh, uh, a little bit that I think is worth mentioning. The Lakers' defense, I don't think, is going to be as good as last year. Um, and that was kind of one of our main strengths, maybe our main strength, uh, and especially interior defense. Now, I know Marcus all won, you know, defensive player of the year seven years ago, seven and a half years ago. But when we, when we talk about interior defense with Dwight and JaVale, they might not have the IQ that Marcus all have, but they definitely have m much more at this point in their career a shot blocking ability that than he has. And, you know, that's going to be supplemented by AD, but with Mark being at the age he is and Montrez not being a shot blocker, that kind of scares me. And I know that Wes got Wes uh, Matthews replaced Danny green, but no one really replaced Avery Bradley. Um, so I mean, th those, those are small concerns for, you know, what I have for the Lakers, but I, I just don't think that, you know, they're an S tier team. They're unbeatable. In my opinion. I, I would so say I feel like this is oh, unfair because I'm just trying to give the Lakers their props, and you're saying, "Oh no, no, don't do that, don't do that." See, no, I was I, I was because, trying to go with I, like, bro, don't do that. No, no, because what what did I say last season? I said that the Lakers would flame out, that they'd have chemistry issues, that their front office was in shambles, and you were wrong. That, you know, whatever. I said all that, and I was wrong. And sometimes you guys would say that, and you guys were also wrong. So look, I'm just trying to. You know, and, and I mean, no, the Lakers proved everybody wrong about whether they'd have an unhappy team, whether LeBron was, you know, a terrible leader, whatever. It's like that was a legitimately dominant team last year that we saw. And I don't think they got you're worse. Doing, you're, per se. You're, you're doing the same thing that I was, uh, uh, you know, doing uh, to the Clippers that, that I was doing with Milwaukee. I'm like, Milwaukee should win. I mean, they're they're favorites. They're better. They have the MVP. You know, they they have this and that. But like, I am being legit. The Lakers should win. 
I mean, we it's should. A, okay. it's a, it's do a I have them up, up top? Yes, but it's just like the Brooklyn Nets, for, you know, for me. I, I just don't think they're... Except the Lakers have proved to us from last season that they're a championship yeah, team. Yeah, but... Unless yeah, you yeah. guys think that we last year's championship team wasn't, like, no, oh, that's what this is about. That's what you want us to hear. <laughs> he wants to hear us say that last year's championship doesn't count. We agreed, though. We agreed that the Clippers got better. And, and you agree, Eddie, especially. Yeah, we all said. You said they got better, too. Oh, like two episodes ago, we, 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 might, we, we might have to rewind the tape. But, I'm, but the Lakers were... No, the, we do, no that's, what, that's what I'm saying, year. though. That's what I'm saying, though. And, and I know PG didn't perform up to, you know average pg but if pg is just you know regular season pg in the playoffs i mean and we're talking about the clippers got better from you know a a roster standpoint i mean we're talking about a a dangerous team and and that's i'm i'm gonna get into that you know later when we talk about these teams but i just feel like just because they lost in the second round doesn't mean you know they're not red i mean yeah that that's my overarching point too is that you know if the clippers simply were who we thought they would be and the players just performed like to their expected outcome right like if they just didn't crash and burn in a way that none of us no one in the nba foresaw then that's a team that we would maybe not put on par with the lakers but would definitely say could compete with them any day of the week just like we said the lakers although they weren't as good as the clippers on paper last year they were a team that they the clippers couldn't just you know sidestep and say we don't have to worry about them it's the same thing except the roles are a bit reversed this year and where the clipper or the lakers are the top dog and the clippers are the ones chasing a little bit but neither team is like you know that far ahead of the other one to where we can just say one's in a completely different tier than the other like what i'm Let me put it this way. If the Clippers, and no, I don't even want to do that because you're going to throw my cows and hogs thing back in my face. But let's say hypothetically, the Clippers just played like we thought they would play and lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Would you still look at this Lakers team like an S-tier team? Um, Maybe not, but what have we said about the Clippers the whole time? Do we really, really believe that when it matters that they'll put it together i think I, yeah, based to on clarify, last year like, i think they know what the hell they did wrong yeah like i mean we we kind of we kind of said after you know paul george is saying all this whatever bs in the press conferences and Kawhi is still you know whatever trying to live in san diego or whatever that maybe the clippers just do have a uh chronic chemistry issue going on in that clubhouse that's what we kind of agreed to right we said that we're not exactly sure whether the clippers have you know gelled together and and actually come together as a team like we thought they would and by the way to clarify i don't an sdr team to me is not like a team that has like a 99 percent chance of winning the championship the warriors two years ago or three years ago were i mean should have been an sdr team and were almost upset by the rockets so like nothing is ever that certain to me so i'm not saying like the lakers it would be like an act of an act of like some sort of destruction if they didn't win the championship but they're the favorites like they're 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 just, I mean, just because you're me, just because you're favorites, though, doesn't, doesn't make you S tier. Like, what what well, is like, it about the like, Lakers not, not that puts them like in a, a little bit of favorites? Like to me, they're like seventy five percent chance of winning the championship. That's egregious. Oh. That's egregious in this Western Conference. They're better than everyone in this Western Conference, and this conference is good, but they're better than everyone. That's egregious. They wouldn't have a seventy five percent chance of winning a seven game series against the Clippers right now. 
That's egregious. That's an egregious statement. You think so? They would not have a 70, like, no. They could suit up right now, have played seven games. If they took that preseason game and went seven with it and put LeBron and AD and all everybody in there, they wouldn't have a 75% chance of winning that series. 65 at best. Like that, like, like, Lakers, Lakers Nation can send me their love because I'm apparently like their team better than the Lakers fan that year. I guess that's you're, what's you're happening. Just, it's elite bet hedging you're right there. It's, it's not it's not it's not narrative writing. I promise. Like the Lakers are the clear favorites this season. You can't even say that. They just are. Face. I mean, if I didn't want them to win, I wouldn't say that they're favorites. Interesting. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to our eight tier. Um I guess Julio, you go since Eddie went for S tier. Yeah, A tier, I have the Lakers up top. I think they should be the favorites. I don't think they're overwhelmingly favorites because in the same breath, although I, I mentioned it, although the Clippers flamed out in round two against the Nuggets and got upset, I mean, I just think that the Clippers also got better. You know, maybe they didn't make he- headlines as much as the Lakers, but I, I think Luke Kennard and Ibaka are going to be huge, you know, additions slash replacements, I guess you want to call them to their team um so yeah I, I have two teams in my in my uh tier a and, and that's lakers one clippers two um i i think i, I just uh, again I, although the clippers didn't make headlines it, it's not like they didn't get better in my opinion of course i just think i just think people are, are quick to dismiss we we live in a kind of you know sports world where if one week Carson Wentz, you know, performs good. He has some good throws. They'll have, you know, they'll have sports segments about fire, Doug Peterson, uh, uh, Carson Wentz is doing everything for the Eagles. Then he performs terribly the the next week, and then they'll blame everything on him. So, I mean, I I just think that's the nature of the sports world where we are today. Like, I just just think people forgot about the Clippers, like that they're not some legit threat, and that's just flat out wrong. But um, yeah, I have Lakers one, Clippers two. You happy? Are you satisfied with yourself? <laughs> like you got in your dig at your your daily podcastly dig at Reagan. You cool? You happy? <laughs> Snicker satisfied. So you only have those two teams in your A tier. Yes, yes, because I, so I like think those two a, teams. I, I think are there's going to be the ones to make the the conference finals essentially. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think there's a maybe not a huge distinction between the Clippers and the next teams, but I think there's a good enough distinction to where I think those are the two juggernauts of the West, but it's, it's not, it's not like a huge separation. The thing about the Clippers to me though, and I have them at the top of my A tier is that like maybe Kawhi and PG, you know, like play better and, and, you know, the team kind of like coalesces a little better, even though I don't, I'm not really going to believe it until I see it. But even then, like a lot of what we thought would make them really good last year, which was the depth and Lou Williams and Montrez being like, you know, luxuries as like their sixth and seventh men um, and Marcus Morris coming in and being like a luxury was that they ended up being not that great for the team. And I know Montrez is not there anymore. And I think Ibaka is a better replacement than Montrez. And Luke Nard is a much better Landry. I mean, like he's much better. Well, I mean, but the question is about like what role will Kennard be in? Because to me, if they're going to move on from Lou Will, which seems like is what they want to do, 
and Kennard fills in for Lou Will. Like I like Kennard as a you know as a future kind of guy better because he's younger. But again, it's like you're losing a, or you're you're just putting a guy out there that's really vulnerable on defense. And we saw what happened last year when you put you know Lou Williams out there. He was unplayable in in you know uh, in, in in high profile matchups. And so you go okay, like I, I get the Kawhi and PG thing. But you still don't have like a great initiator if Kennard is just going to do kind of uh, be in his Lou Will role. Um, like I still don't buy the Marcus Morris fit there, and I get why they had to pay him. You know what they did to keep him, but I don't like. I'm not sure if his shooting or defense really like is enough to be like the third best player on that team. And then again, the problems that they had last year, outside of just the chemistry, was that the roster wasn't really as good as I think we thought it was, which is why this year i think they have some of the same problems like chemistry wise it's it's like we all know about that but it could just be that the roster is not as cohesive and and not as talented and deep as we you know all kind of kind of uh um, proclaimed them to be before last season Hmm. well i'll go ahead and give you all mine it's weird because i have like so if I'm placing my A-tier teams on teams that I can see winning the championship or, or coming out of the West, like, feasibly, it makes sense. I have two brackets within that A-tier because two of them are like, yeah, these are definitely probably the two teams that are the clear favorites. And then two that are, like, low-key. If, if we're looking at things, like, as they played out last year where, you know, a given team can... um given that they have the talent, they can compete with the top two teams in that first bracket, then I have to include the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors, even though it's clearly a difference between the Lakers and the Clippers versus the Nuggets and the Warriors. I can't sit up here and say that I, the Nuggets are just a solid playoff team and nothing more. I can't sit up here and say that the Warriors are just a solid playoff Denver, team and nothing more. I can't Denver do it. Is not, Denver, Dem, Denver is not getting to the NBA Finals. It, and again, like I've been giving them credit for what they did and surprising me, but they're just they're not. It's it's not, not it's not likely. But to me, if you can hit like a a ten fifteen percent chance that you can compete with those top two teams, then I gotta include you in my A tier. You're not just a solid B tier playoff team and nothing more. Did you did you have Miami in your A tier? Yeah, I had them at the bottom of my A tier. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, to me, if it's um, like if if there's a chance where at the end of the season you said this team made the NBA so finals, wait, and I'm wait, like, wait, and, and my beef isn't even so much with Denver; it's with it's with the Warriors. I mean, and that's as, we can talk see, about. Look, look, and, and here, here's my thing: because people, a lot of people, people like Stephen A. Uh, uh, I forgot which other big you know media personality were bullish on the Warriors before Clay got hurt. Um, I just I, I didn't see that I, I didn't see the 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 Warriors that is being the biggest threat to the Lakers, um, you They're know, not. preventing them to repeat in the West because I just I, I I didn't see I didn't see it. Although you have Stephen Clay, the two most lethal shooters of all time, I just. I don't know. I, I I don't think their bench was good enough. Obviously, they'd miss KD. Draymond's not the same. Um, so I, I just don't see it. And, and for as much as, you know, at the beginning of last year that I wanted to s- see Steph go completely berserk, like in that 2016 season, um, I, I, I don't want to say that he's proven to, you know, that 
whenever he has to shoulder too much, he maybe can get hurt a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's that type of player to, cause he's not selfish. He's not that type of player to like completely just take over by himself and be like, I have to carry my, my, my squad. Um, and when you look at the bench, I mean, A, you have no shooting on that team at all. And the, the team is just so depleted of, like, talent. You make I guess decent the, points. The thing about the Warriors, even as a Warriors fan, is I can't really disagree if you have them at the bottom of the A tier and think they might compete in the conference finals like I do and Reagan do. Or if you think that they could be, you know, they, they could just flame out this season. Um because I mean, it's really it's it's honestly fair. I think you could go both ways with it, but I should probably give my A tier team because I didn't even do that talking about the Clippers. Um, so I do have the Clippers at the top of the A tier, um, and then I also have three other teams along with it. I have the Blazers at number three, oh. and I've been saying all along that Portland is the third best team in the West this year, and they oh, can absolutely absolutely make the conference finals. Maybe we're gonna, not, they, they can't make the finals, but A tier to me is can you make the Wait, no, that's, that's not. Hold on, that's, that's so. So wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, we're, just, we're we're not even agreeing on the on you, the yeah, definitions you just, of you our just, team. You just, okay. you just changed A tier. A tier is like is, the Lakers. The Lakers are going to win the championship. So like, what am I going to do? Have no A tier team? Oh, here he goes. That feels, I mean, here he goes. No, you, 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 you. No, I don't like what you're doing right now. I don't like what you're doing. You said the Lakers are going to win the championship. Like just off off rip. No, no one else has a prayer. I have them in my S tier. Like, what am I going to say? The other oh teams can my. make the finals, but the Lakers <laughs> are in a tier above where they might not make the final. That doesn't make sense. You're a menace. You know that? You are a the menace. Lakers, <laughs> what, what is so crazy about this? The Lakers are my S tier team. I think they're going to go to the Yo. Western Conference Championship. They're going to win it, go to the finals, and Yo. win it. But th- that's whatever. And then <laughs> I'm talking about my two to five teams are the A tier teams that are going to have a chance to duke it out to make it uh, make the conference championship. Man, if if I if I did my if I did my uh tiers it as you know everybody has a chance um I'm giving out you know participation trophies over here I'm gonna have everybody in my AT, you know what I'm saying so uh, well, what do you, you want me to do? You have to Call be realistic. Our, 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 okay. You got to be realistic. You got to be realistic. Because I, because I could do what Reagan did and say like, oh, but I have a, I'm a bracket it off as like something different. <laughs> okay, I mean that's like, fair. I'm that's fair. You can come that. for me on that if you I'm want to. But the that. definition of the A tier is this team in your mind has a chance to win the the conference. That's the definition of A tier. If the Portland Trailblazers, you don't, you're like you, you wouldn't put up. Oh, okay, okay, then, then, then call it a B plus tier. Then, fine, whatever terminology. Let, let, let's ship that. Portland, Port, Portland cannot make the the. I have, in fact, and this is where where I think it gets re- really really interesting because our power rankings, how we view this Western Conference, is so different across the board for all of us because I have. I currently have two to uh, two or three teams. I, I can't really decide right now, and I haven't decided. But two or three teams better than Portland, like like other than the Lakers and the Clippers. So like four to five teams. I mean that, that that's not egregious. And I can't like if you have Portland yeah. at five, like fine. I just think they're going to be really good this season, and they have the third best chance in the in the conference. Even though you know number one's taking all the shine, but they have the third best chance to you know no they be don't. the best team no, in the West. 
No, they don't. I mean, I'm not saying I watched the preseason game yesterday and made my decision off of that. Like, no, I thought this once they made their offseason moves. But Derrick Jones looks really good, especially on the defensive end. I mean, you talk about guys like Harry Giles. You know, like that Robert was Robert Covington, bro. Don't Robert do it, Julio. Covington is good. <laughs> I, I said what I said about Covington. Julio. Y'all are. I don't know what y'all on tonight. I don't know what happened throughout the course of this week to give it all this irritability. But y'all are both on some like sarcasm, tongue in cheek stuff right now, bro. <laughs> this is getting toxic, yeah, I mean, bro. And, and, and why and why are we still doubting Damian Lillard? He is probably maybe the best because it's, in more, it's about conference. more because he's not he's not he's not LeBron's size. He's not KD's size. He's not a which wing. is why he's not which you is why Portland alone. is not number one in the You can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. Are you okay? Let's just I'm gonna throw this question out there. Do you think Portland has zero chance of making it to the conference? Uh, uh, the conference. Oh no! Nah. I, I think no. I, I think Portland I, I think they have zero chance to get to the NBA Finals. Agreed. Which is B tier. That that, that that's zero. a B tier team. That's a B tier. Like okay, I'm saying like these are B plus teams because that's how you want to define it. Like I mean, but that but that, that that's what we the finals. That's essentially what we do within these tiers. Like I I think the Lakers are ahead of the Clippers in the A tier. So if you want to call it A and A minus, then yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's what we do. Is that to me like there's a clear distinction between the teams I have in the A Seriously, tier or B there, plus a, tier? There's a clear and distinction. The B tier. There's a clear distinction between Portland and uh, because uh, to me, okay, so so I didn't even say the four teams I had, but the Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, and Warriors all have a legit chance to make the conference championship. The two other teams I have in the B tier are not going to make it past the second round. Wait, That's wait, why wait, I, wait. I split them up into. Wait, wait. I thought you only had. I thought you went Lakers. You went what? Say say your A tier. Lakers are my S tier. The A tier, oh, you know, in order is Clippers, Blazers, Nuggets, Warriors. Blazers okay. over the Nuggets. That's interesting. And see, that that's what I want to get into, like with the next year. So because I think I think Damian Lillard carries his team farther than Jokic, even though I love Jokic and what he does in the playoffs, and Murray as well. But Damian yeah, Lillard, especially with a healthy Nurkic and, and, you know, good wing defenders and a really versatile roster with, with depth on the bench, that gets your team, you know, it, it, it makes your team have a chance of going farther. Not, than not, not if we get, and, and this is contingent upon this, but uh, is it safe to move to next year? Um, I mean, we can go ahead and do it. Screw it. Uh, so, are, are we, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming Portland's so, still on the table of discussion, right? Like we're still... Yeah, yeah. Okay. what I want to say is that Portland, the thing with Portland is that, yes, do I think Dame is the best player out of Jokic, uh, Jokic, Dame, and Jamal? Sure, but we're, we're, and this is completely contingent upon what we've been saying about Jamal and, and uh, Donovan Mitchell, that if we're getting Jamal from the bubble, or at least a, 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 you know, a, pers- a good percentage of that, I mean, that's... That's different. That, that, that's different. So if you're getting that Jamal Murray with Jokic and with that roster, which I think is better than Portland's, because I just don't believe in you know Portland's construction, I think Denver's a, a better team, and I have Denver atop of my tier two, just because of, of all the things that I listed, and because I I just feel like I have to give them respect with you know the growth that they showed with not only you know their young players. And their coach, but just 
everyone on that squad, do I think that they, you know, maybe took a minor step back this offseason a little bit with the loss of Grant. But uh, I, I just I have to put them above, you know, at the top of my tier of my B tier, let alone let alone above above Portland. I mean, I, I just don't even think that's a question. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is the difference, though. Like we're talking about if what Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell did in the bubble was real. Which to yeah. me, it's, I mean, it's not real. Like, you're not. Oh, that, don't do that. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Because here's, here's the thing. When we were watching the bubble, and I remember this, we had this discussion. Like, you can get hot for four games. You can get hot for, for eight games, ten games. But you don't stay as hot as Jamal Murray was for that long with that consistency without there being something there. That wasn't just a fluke. Oh, yeah, no. Jamal got better for sure he figured out how to read pick and roll angles better opened up passing windows you know was a lot more confident with his shot making but we're still talking about a degree of confidence which we're not sure if he's going to average like 28 and 7 for like a long period of time i know damian lillard is giving me 30 and 8 that's one and multiple and and multiple runs of 50 point games especially when it matters i know he can do that you're you're over here questioning whether jamal Murray, you know, is that sustainable or are we going to get Jamal Murray? You know, I'm over here looking at your roster. I don't believe in them. I don't believe in the in, in the roster around Portland to say that they're better than Denver. I mean, would you rather take Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Paul Millsap? Stop leaving uh, out Jokic. Monty That's Morris. so on purpose. You did that. Oh, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm talking about role players because I'm, I'm about to bring okay, up. Okay, I was CJ, like, bro. I'm about to bring up uh, CJ McCollum, Robert Cullen, uh, uh, Jones, uh, okay. You you forgot you forgot to mention Will Barton. You forgot to mention Monte <laughs> Morris. And, and for- I like. I like Denver. That's why I have him at number four, right behind Portland. I always like Denver. You being real slick right now, Eddie. You, you know think, that? Wait, you wait. Because they have think, a lot of quote good young pieces. And, and you quote. Think, I always say that about Denver. And you think Melo? And you, you think Melo? Uh, uh, Robert Covington, the three and D without the three. You think uh, uh, Derrick Jones Jr. three and D without the three? You think? You think Ennis Cantor? The big man with no defense who can kind of post up, but he can't even jump over a brick. You think – I don't even know their other role players. I don't, I don't know their other role players. All I'm trying to say is that – You like Gary Trent. I know you like Gary Trent. Oh, I, I really like Gary Trent Jr. But what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to say is that the role players are – are the role players are basically on the same level. But that, that's fair. That's no, no. Fair. But he, but here's my thing: Is Damian Lillard the best player? Yes. But whose duo is is best? And and that's 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 Denver. That's Denver. I mean, I have to see, and I think Jamal got better, but I need to see him consistently look like he's a star, not just you know a good player. I agree. Because in the playoffs, in the playoffs, role players like. A team like maybe Denver's role players are a little better. They can definitely play better in a series. Fine. But it's defined by what the stars are going to do. And I know Jokic plays really well in the playoffs. He does. Maria did it, you know, in the playoffs last year. But I know Damian Lillard is stepping up when he needs to step up. And that's just the difference for me. He's going to drop 60 in a game. Always, he drop 60. But it's always just him. It's always just him. It, I mean, to and be fair, to be fair, that's, it's always that's all good, it's had to be, right? Like, I'm not going to be the one to sit up here and say that Damian Lillard 
hasn't come up clutch so many times for that Portland Trailblazers team. And if, if I'm confident, not just within the sphere of the teams that we're talking about, a player that I'm confident in to come up clutch, but in the sphere of the NBA, who's a player that I'm most confident in coming up clutch? Damian Lillard, if not at the top of that list, he's in the top three without a shadow of a doubt. But I'm, fine to of, I'm kind of caught up in the middle here because on the one hand, I look at this Portland Trailblazers team and I agree, this is probably the best team that they fielded with Damian Lillard at the helm. But on the other hand, I look at this Denver Nuggets team and I'm not going to be the one to say that I don't have faith in Jamal Murray after seeing him consistently perform like that. I don't have to see it. Like, I, of course you want to see it, but I'm not going to be sold on the fact that he's not going to do it. I'm not going to be more inclined to say that he's not going to be that dude after seeing him come up time and again for that Denver Nuggets team. We haven't even talked about Michael Porter in the ascension that I think he's he's primed to take this year um, in an expanded role. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that Denver Nuggets team, when we're talking about capability to compete with the top-end tiers, uh, with the Clippers, with the Lakers, Denver has a much better shot at it than Portland does. Really? Even though Portland might have the better roster to match up with what uh, the Lakers and the Clippers have? How so? I mean, you can have Covington and Derrick Jones match up against Kawhi and PG um, or against, you know, LeBron. Like, who are you putting on Denver on them? Uh, uh, Will Barton? Like, I think Will Barton's good. <laughs> like, I mean, I will agree that they have better defenders and more defenders. And by the way, if I'm Terry Stasis here in Portland, you can do so many things with that roster, too. I'm calling a lot oh of 2-3 zones. God. Like, if you have if you have Covington and Derrick Jones in a zone defense, you can hide Damian Lillard and CJ and their shortcoming. So they better be creative with what they do with that roster. Oh, next so year. now like, you want to talk about defense? Because you don't want to be talking about defense with me, bro. You don't want to talk about defense with me because it was like if we're going off the philosophy that I've known you to have and like whose offensive upside is higher, who can just go out there and put up more points. I'm having much more faith in Denver's ability to do that consistently than Portland. Fact. But if we want to Fact. talk about defense, I'm here for it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm here for it. Let's run the 2-3, stick Gary Trent and uh, Derek Jones at the top of that jump, put CJ and Dame in the corners and run Covington in the middle. Let, like, let's do it. Let's talk some defense if that's what we on. But that's just not what I've known from you historically. Rob, you in, in, like, your, in your, in your I, definition, in your definition, Robert Covington should be a center. Because he can't shoot, right? No, he can't shoot. Like, <laughs> okay, don't bring up all the Eddieisms now. Like, <laughs> I, I, mean, I know you want to talk about 33%, whatever, but why do defenders keep closed out on him? Dre Crowder was a damn 29% three-point shooter, and teams were guarding him like he's Clay Thompson. Because he got hot. That boy got hot. Half, half, half of shooting is just confidence and making defenders respect you. It's, it's creating spacing with your shot. Whether you make it or not is the other half. And maybe you can say it's more important or not, fine. But if I see Jay Crowder making defenders respect him, Robert Covington is a shooter. I don't care what his percentage is. Give me Jay Crowder over we, Robert we can We can move on to the next tier. Any, anyways, anyways, so tier B, uh, I never finished it because I wanted to get into depth. Yeah, I haven't even B, said any of my teams have, in tier B. I just want you to know that. This We're 40 yeah. minutes into this episode. This is quite toxic. This is the most toxic hoop and holler episode we've had ever, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have I have two teams in my tier B, and that is Denver. Okay. okay. So I, I just want to preface this. So I, I think there's a not a huge distinction, but a kind of clear distinction with tier A, with the Clippers and the Lakers, between tier B, uh, Denver and Dallas, 
and then there's another distinction <clears throat> further on. Damn. Damn. I got, I got something in my throat. So Dallas is my second team in tier B. Why? Do I think they got worse? And we got into this in one of the podcast episodes. Yes. But my belief in Luka Doncic is so strong that even though they got worse, I, I feel like his ascension, and I know uh, I think Reagan talked about how much better can he really get. Mm-hmm. I think, ah, I don't know, man. I, maybe, maybe it's because I'm so biased and I, 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 love, I love his game so much. But I just believe in him so much that I think him by himself, um, even without – so if, if I believe that KP is going to stay healthy, I would put Dallas above, above Denver. Mm. But I, I just – I can't really rely on that. Just because of how much I love Luka Doncic, um, I obviously Luka, in my opinion, and I think you guys would would agree that amongst you know Denver's duo and Luka, that Luka would be the best player, you know, w- within those two teams. So if you add KP to that, I, I just think that is dangerous. But I, again, I can't rely on him being healthy, which is the only reason. And I have to you know respect Denver for what they did last season. Um, so. Th- those are my two teams in-, in tier B. I just I love Luca way too much to not put him above Portland. I-, I think he's that transcendent. You can say that the pieces around Dame are better than uh, uh, what Luca has around him, and I would be inclined to agree. You know, especially I, I think the loss of Seth Curry really really hurt. But I I, I believe in Luca way too much. Wait, way is, way so too Portland's much. Portland's not in your tier B? Nope. Hold up. Okay, so now that's egregious. That's so egregious. I guess we just agree. We were just agreeing this whole time. No, no, <laughs> that's not egregious because because okay, because B tier to me is a. like this team is a solid playoff team. Maybe probably won't they probably won't have a shot at winning uh, the Western Conference, um, but they're a, definitely a playoff team. Portland's without a shadow of a doubt a playoff team. Okay, but B but B tier to me is is more like uh, uh, you can really compete. With the with the team with the top two teams for me what, what would be the top two teams we, we do not and I think that's only way team we do not get our who can compete right. with tier A and that's Denver and Dallas Man, wait we, so you didn't have Portland in A or B no oh <laughs> okay never we, mind yeah we're we're definitely really far our, our off tiers on are like um, very fluctuating in terms of how we define them because to me A tier was like okay these are the teams that can feasibly win this conference. Um, that I wouldn't be surprised if they win this conference. B tier. And then are the like, next one, the next one would be I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the Western Conference Finals and can compete seriously, compete with the top two teams. And then C tier to me is that you are going to make the playoffs, but you're going to be anywhere in that six to nine range. See, that's that's where I'm differentiating with you because B tier to me was like, okay, the top of my B tier probably can compete with the A tier. But hell, if you're like a guaranteed playoff team, you're a B tier team to me. And then C tier is like you're on the fringe of the playoffs. Um. I, I just my, my, I, I guess maybe where I wanted to really make it clear is that I think there's a clear distinction between not, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers and then the 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 Nuggets and the Mavericks, and then there's a distinction with those two teams, Denver and, and Dallas, between you know Utah, Portland, and Phoenix, and all those teams. Hmm. Well, okay. I mean, I assume B tier teams were like solid playoff teams, which is why I, I mean, have. yeah, but, that's, that's uh, okay. Me too. But it also depends how many teams 
because I'm very pessimistic. Yes, you I'm, are. I'm cut off a team, and I, I, I just don't believe in them. So I have two teams in my tier A, two teams in my tier B. That's only half of you know the playoff teams. We are on different so, ends of the spectrum here, man. Because I have between my tier A and tier B, those are my playoffs. <laughs> like those are eight teams right there. Um, See, by the time I get to my tier B, I have seven teams. But my two B tier teams are interesting because I agree with you, Julio. I think Luca is good enough to guarantee that your team will make the playoffs. So I have the Mavs at number six um, in the West, and then I have Utah as my other B tier team. But the thing with both of these teams is that there's a good chance that they do the same that they did last year, as in losing the first round while looking solid in the regular season. And these teams will have to do a lot of soul-searching because I've said what I said about the Mavs the entire time. I love Luka a lot, but they need to do something different to make sure that their team has a higher ceiling because Luka raises your floor a lot. He's not a ceiling raiser type of player. And the same thing with Utah. Um, If they lose in the first round again, you're going to have to really look at is Donovan Mitchell good enough to be the best player on my team? Is Rudy Gobert worth paying close to the max or whatever? No. they might, uh, you know, they're about to give him. So, again, I think these teams are both going to be really solid regular season teams, but in danger of flaming out in the first round. So whether you can say that's a successful season for them, different story, but I think they'll at least be a solid playoff team. Hmm. So it's kind of surprising here because at the top of my beats here, I have a team that you guys have yet to mention, the Phoenix Suns. Are we not believers in the Phoenix Suns? I mean, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I just – like, do you think they're a French playoff team? I, I, or do you think I don't, they're a solid think, I don't think they're realistic challengers to the Lakers and the Clippers. Do you think that they're a guaranteed well, playoff team or like a 80, 90% playoff team? But I, I, I think I they're wouldn't. a guaranteed playoff team, but just, I only, again, I only have two, two, tier, two teams in tier A and two teams in tier B. So I have a lot of teams in tier C. Your tier to C answer your question, Reagan, I would not put it in Sharpie that they're a playoff team this year. Hmm. Let's talk about I think about they'll it. make it, but sure, yeah, I wouldn't guarantee it. So for me, it's it's a simple question of like, okay, they damn near made the playoffs with this playing thing last year. You added a guy like Chris Paul. You have the continued ascension of DeAndre Ayton, the continued improvement of Miles Bridges, who plays really good defense. Like, what what is it about this team that's lacking in terms of being a playoff team? I mean, I think they're going to have the playoffs, but they just have to – I, I, like to me, it's in Sharpie. Though. Me, you, you said it's not in Sharpie. They just, they, they just, they just have to show that they can compete with a top dog. I don't know if they so can. So for yet. me, so for me, I have them at my number eight. So I think they'll make that, you know, top eight. But it's not a lock because they're gonna have to show me. You know, there's too many good teams in the West that, if you know their youthful kind of exuberance catches up to them. And, you know, they kind of get undisciplined for a while like they were last year. Um, then it can kind of bite them because there's not a lot of games that you can just, uh, you know, kind of waste away in, in the 72-game schedule. And I think Chris Paul will help on that end, obviously. I mean, Devin Booker is, is what I always thought Devin Booker was, maybe an MVP candidate next year. But, you know, I like – I mean, I say I like Aiton. I say I like Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. Of course I like all of them. But they're young. You know, Chris Paul is going to be asked to do a lot, and I don't know whether he's going to be the same health-wise and product, you know, productivity-wise as he was last year. Um, 
I want this team to be good, but you know, it's just it's hard to guarantee because you're going to need a lot of players to look as good as they did in the bubble, and it's really hard to sustain that level of play like they did. And see, that's fair to me to say like, okay. They went 8-0 in the bubble, sure, but that's a pretty small sample size to go off of. That's fair to say, like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to put that much credence into that, but still, I would put it in Sharpie. I'll, I'll go out on that limb and say that the, the Phoenix Suns are at least going to be, like, based on how I have it right now, they would be fifth seed. I mean, I mean, I, I remember after that they went 8-0 and but still got eliminated. Um from playoff from from the playoffs in the bubble i remember i remember eddie talking big talk about phoenix uh you know i did i love making it to the playoffs but i said you add chris paul to that mix you add chris paul to that mix i mean that should be a for sure playoff (laughs) if they were in the east they might be a, a four seed but i mean we're talking about you know a really solid Western conference because would I drop out the Mavs for them? No, I wouldn't. Utah, no. Like Utah's proven that they can make the playoffs every year with what they have. At some so, point, you got to have some balls to you, Eddie. Put some balls. Shoot. So, Throw some I, balls I, I, that, on the that, table. See that's, see, that's the way I feel about both of you guys' list. Well, I'm going to throw my be, balls on the table on that throat. one. Phoenix Suns are making gotta, the playoffs. Guaranteed. Gotta, no, I'm as, I'm, as, I'm as cutthroat as you are, uh, Julio, with this stuff. It's just... There's so many teams that I'm like, okay, you can either make the conference championship or you're going to be locked to make the playoffs that I've already covered up seven of my slots. Mm. Well, Phoenix, Portland, Whatever. Utah, Dallas. That, those are my B-tier teams. I'm glad we're all... You had, so, oh, my God. You, wait, 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 wait. Phoenix, Portland, Utah, Dallas. That, 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 talk about egregious. That's egregious. What's egregious? Wait, you have what number... What you have, Luke, you have Phoenix. you you have Luca one one in that tier. You have Luca above, I mean below uh, Utah and Portland. Yeah, I mean that's based on how I see the seedings play out. Yeah. Oh, so it's not it's not no, the way the way I rank them the way I mm. rank them because you know when we talked about the East last time the way I see I I think Brooklyn's probably going to finish you know third or fourth in the east but well, i still I'm, think they're the best i'll team. be honest with you man if you're just asking me like who i think are the best teams i might flip utah yeah, and like, dallas but you're not you're dallas ain't getting above seven on my list i think portland's better than dallas no i think phoenix no. is better and than that, dallas that, and that yeah that that's where we that's the, I, I don't think that's that egregious to say because like eddie was saying luke, luke is a guy who's gonna luke, raise your floor consistently or pretty luke is the better player luke is, is the, the better player. player right and luke is gonna get you two games in just about any series that he goes into but is he gonna win you series by his damn self i'm not so sure i'm willing to have put my put money on that one i don't know and i, I, I don't have wait so, wait so among like the the rankings of the entire western conference where's phoenix where he's at like four or five five yeah i i think phoenix Power is ready rankings. to pop off dog I think Phoenix Phoenix is ready to pop off. Like Devin Booker's a guy whose game over the past month or so I've really fallen in love with. Chris Paul's a guy that I have immense faith in. I think they're gonna play really good defense. Like there there you go. You want me to throw my balls on the well, table? There well, you go. Phoenix well, is well, a fifth seed. Well, well welcome to the well, welcome to the uh uh hopping on the train of, you know, actually skilled basketball players it's been a minute I'm, I'm it took me a while to get I'm, there I'm glad, it took me a minute I'm, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad you have an appreciation for you know devin booker over 
I don't want to say over because I don't know, but over Giannis Antetokounmpo. You you might have brainwashed me, Julio, because in those moments where I'm like gasping for air because I'm I'm out of shape, right, and, and I'm losing nine to two <laughs> against you in, in, in pickup basketball, you're just ramming it into my head. Yep, that's Devin Booker right there. Yep, that's a Devin <laughs> Booker move. So maybe you just like brainwash it into my head, like, yo, this guy Devin Booker's got to be the truth if he's just using all his moves on me right now. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I'm a I'm a big believer. Should we go in to our, Booker. Should we go to C tier? C tier, yes, sir. I have right. six teams in my C tier. Should be interesting. So I have five <laughs> teams. I have five teams in my C tier. Hmm. So, so at number one, I have Utah, and yes, that means I have yet to get to Portland. Uh, so oh, wow. The 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 reason with you know and, and relax. I, I have Portland next. So. This doesn't make uh, it much better. Wait, okay, real quick before you get into it, how where's Portland at like numerically? Power rankings. Yeah, yeah. Uh so one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Okay, that's not that's not the worst thing ever. That's so, not the worst thing ever. So the thing about uh between Portland and Utah, I, I kind of I kinda of go back and forth because again, between the two teams, Dame is the best player. But if we're talking about an improved Donovan Mitchell, and again, same thing with Jamal Murray. I'm not saying we're going to get the Donovan Mitchell from the bubble, but if we get some semblance of that, percent of that consistently, plus I love Bogdanovich. He wasn't there in the bubble. I For all of Mike Conley's struggles last year, I just, there's no way in my mind that I can feasibly, you know, picture Mike Conley having that season again. He's just too good of a player for me you know, to, to kind of go through that again. And I'm not the biggest fan of Rudy Gobert. I wouldn't give him that max contract, but to say that he's not a strength gear team, I mean, that that's obviously not true. So when you add all those things to the mix, plus, you know, some of the people that they have coming off the bench, I think, and it's dependent on Donovan Mitchell again, but I just, I just think that they can, they're, they're better than Portland. It's dependent on, on Donovan Mitchell and the health of Bogdanovich and uh, Mike Conley. So next, I have Portland. Um, then after that, I have Phoenix. After that, I have the Rockets. And after that, I have the Warriors. Ooh, so wow. you have the Warriors at like, what, 10, right? Julio, you're going to be wrong about that one, man. I, like, you're going to be wrong. Well, no, no, Actually, I, mean, I don't no, know. That, that's de- that's oh. dependent. It, no, and this is – thank you. Thank you for bringing that up because um, – and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier. So I, I keep wanting to believe that Steph is going to just just completely take over. But I, I don't know, man. If, if you're – and I, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think Steph Curry is the best point guard to ever play this game. And I know people think it's magic and, you know, don't agree with me on that. I, I, again, I think Steph is the greatest PG of all time. But – it's almost in my head, like, if you're a borderline top 10 player ever, if you're the best point guard ever, if you're this type of player that everyone, you know, and rightfully so, deems you to be, you should be able to carry your squad farther than what you've shown me. And I know he was hurt last season, but even when he was healthy, it was almost like like he wasn't doing what I, I kind of expected him to do and, you know, what we should all expect him to do. And, you know, with the loss of Clay, their bench being horrible, I don't believe in Wiggins. 
um, especially much less than D'Angelo Russell. I, I just don't think that – I only have the Rockets above them if James Harden is there and scoring, you know, 36, 34 plus a game. Um, but, yeah, I, I just – it's hard for me to believe in Steph and the Warriors. Mm. See, like, you don't have to flatter me with the Steph greatest PG of all time talk. But I, see, I, see, like, I mean, mm. I can't be mad at you. There's, you know, uh, I'm like to say that there's not a chance that the Warriors could really flame out this season. Like, no, I can't. I can't disagree with that. What I want to dispute, though, is the idea that in the three and a half games we saw from Steph last year, he proved to the world that he can't carry a team on his shoulders like he didn't win unanimous. MVP it's not even just that. that. It's like, I mean, come on. Maybe he's not like maybe he's not selfish enough. And I know that that's not the greatest thing to say, because that's obviously his strong suit. Uh, one of his strengths, but it's almost like he's not selfish enough. No, like, he doesn't, you're right. I I know I I know he can take over. I know he can take over like a game completely in a matter of seconds, of nanoseconds, and just blaze you with five threes. But he, you know, he's not like that Kobe when he had that Achilles injury. Like I'm gonna just strong arm my team. I I don't give a I don't give a f what you know people say. And I, I think that's. With the loss of Clay, that's going to be a real weakness because they're going to need him to do that. And that's why I picked him I'll to say, win an MVP last season. I'll say that heading into his age 32 season, that, that's a fine, you know, that, that's a fine question to have, whether he can shoulder that load. I, I think he can, but, you know, am I like 100% confident on it? Am I going to, you know, am I going to disagree with you like we disagree about Portland about it? No, I'm not. But. You know, it's it's something that we have to see. I think so. I my can't, I my can't even thing, be totally mad at that. And the reason why I have Phoenix above, you know, the Warriors for me is because I I think Devin Booker is going to take a whole nother leap. And I said this on a previous podcast that I think he's the dark horse to win MVP this season. You add CP three to that team, at least for this next season. I mean, I, I just think that that's just far better, not only roster construction than the Warriors. I, I just think you know. I think I just think it's going to mesh way better than you know what the Warriors have in their starting lineup and coming off the bench. Not to mention you know Portland and at least at least the Rockets have some talent. Steph doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything. So I don't know. You know what what really irritates me about Stephen Curry, at least when I'm playing 2K, is that like usually, and this is obviously takes a bit of skill from the player who's using him but Stephen Curry won't shoot below 40 percent no matter how many shots you put up no matter who's defending him no matter how contested he is you could put up 33s with Stephen Curry he's gonna shoot 40 percent and it irritates me but I'm not sure it's unrealistic you know what I mean like I'm hard pressed to see Stephen Curry in any situation not shooting 40%. So my point is, if Stephen Curry really found it within himself to be selfish, like you were saying, Julio, that team is going to be Houston Rockets-esque in that it would be good enough to get you to a point, but not good enough to get you all the way. But see, Steph Steph doesn't dominate the ball as much as Luka and and James Harden does. And if you're an opposing coach, what are you going to be like, oh no, I have to go, go guard Jordan Poole in the corner. Go guard Jordan Poole and don't double step. Don't double step. No, go worry about Kelly Oubre shooting a three because, you know, he's Kelly Oubre. Oh, no, Andrew Wiggins is posting up. He's the Canadian Jordan. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Draymond, he's shooting a three like he has a backpack on his back. No. No, go double, triple team Steph because these guys aren't threats. These guys are not threats. Some <laughs> chips would have to – remember, I had them in my eighth year, and I, I'm not, you know – oblivious to the fact that some chips would have to fall in the right direction being uh Draymond has to at least research some of what he had during the dynasty years that you need James Wiseman's development track to come along a little bit quicker than you might expect for a rookie um that you need Kelly Oubre to take a slight step forward from being like a really good role player to like damn good role player you need Wiggins to be like worthy of a number one pick you need him to be like at the very least worthy of a, of a top five pick right you need all of those things to happen but when I look at all of those things they seem feasible that's why I'm not out on the Warriors that's why I'm fairly confident in the Warriors even though you need a lot of dominoes to fall your way they're feasible dominoes to fall I do think Andrew Wiggins can be capable of that especially with increased spacing I think Kelly Oubre has a step or two to come up I think James Wiseman can be in in a finite role immediately impactful so you know if Draymond Green's in the right situation to where he's motivated and, and willing to I think he can resurge it's happened to some of what he had before so I think those things can happen for the Warriors I'm confident. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm the, the Steph effect. I've, I'm not one to question the Steph effect. Again, might be brainwashing from sleeping next to Eddie for the past two years, but I've been brainwashed into the the gospel of Stephen Curry. I mean, I appreciate that my love for Steph and the Warriors has rubbed off, and I mean that's why I have the Warriors in the bottom of the A tier because a confluence of events and a Steph eruption can easily put them in the conference championship. But um, just for my C-tier teams, I only have two. Um, I have the Suns, which is number eight in the West for me. And I saw Houston, which is number nine. And I have Houston at number nine, assuming that Harden is going to be gone at some point. Mm -hmm. That that situation is going to deteriorate where Harden is out. Um, if Harden was there, that's an A-tier team to me. Like John Wall, Harden, Christian Wood, Boogie. I mean, you still have P.J. Tucker. Like that, that, that's a, that can contend for a conference championship. But assuming that Harden is out, I have them at number nine, and they're going to be battling with the Suns for that kind of top eight spot, I guess. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, Where don't do it. Stop them? it. Oh, I wait, thought wait, you were going to start doing the sarcasm. I, I, have I have them at eight. That's with James Harden. That's egregious. If James Harden's not there. Bro, don't stop. Bro, did you stop. peep John? Like, John, bro. I can't wait for this over under episode. Like I don't want to spoil anything, but like John Wall is not gonna be what you think he's gonna be, bro. Oh my god! Oh my god! John what? Wall can I'll, still lose. Great preseason game, eighteen minutes, fourteen points, seven assists. Like that? Right. Why did you just side? Like why did you just brush that off like it was nothing? Like that was fucking because good. Boogie, because Boogie, Boogie can't realistically do what he did. I'm not talking about Boogie right now. I'm talking about John Wall. But that's what you you're gonna need multiple guys. Oh, John Wall with a bunch of scrubs can be. I'm no, I'm just saying like John Wall is going to hoop. I'm confident in Boogie. I can understand why you would be less confident in, in Demarcus Cousins than I am. But like John Wall is a given to me. Like there's there's no world in which John Wall is not hooping this year. All right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it was like okay, whatever. I mean, you, I mean, you, you can you can be hooping, but he's not gonna be an all star. I mean that that's and if you're not an all-star in the West, I mean it's gonna be tough. Maybe I mean, 
shoot, all star in the West at the guard position is like tough, bro. Like I, I just I rattle mean, off. But that's what it takes to make the playoffs. No, it I mean, doesn't. I, yeah, yeah, to make the playoffs. What? Uh, what? I mean, at, at number one, you got the Lakers. You got two All Stars there. Clippers, you got two All Stars. Denver, you got two All Stars. Mavs, you got potentially two All Stars. Utah, you have two. Portland, How many all stars are on the team? <laughs> That's rattled. what I'm saying. So he's not an all star. But like, not, how many all star? Like, how? Okay, feasibly, what I'm saying is like, you can only field. There's a difference between all star and all star caliber, right? You can only field what? How many people do they put on the all star team? Twelve. Fifteen. Fifteen. Right. So you can only field fifteen dudes. There's more than fifteen all star caliber players in the West. There's probably like more in the range of twenty, maybe a little bit twenty, some change. Right, so I think that John Wall could play All Star caliber. Maybe not be an All Star, but I, I could definitely see a world where John Wall is playing at All Star level. Okay, and that John Wall, even in an ideal world, is not a tier C team. If James Harden is gone, if James Harden is gone, James Harden has to be there. Right. I mean, it's not bare. It's not a bare bones roster. Christian like Wood, the unicorn. The unicorn, Christian Wood. Sure, but I mean, PJ Tucker's still good. I don't know. They're not devoid of talent. They're not. No matter what. And by the way, they signed. They they actually ran a. They ran a double screen in a preseason game. We haven't seen that from the Houston Rockets in like ten years. That's crazy. Um. That's on the Chicago Bulls playing it terribly. That that's where John Wall got half of his assists, bro. Just just pitching it back to Boogie, and he got hot. Yeah. Um, my C tier teams. I'm not even gonna go through, and this might be cop out, but I, I don't even want to go through the trouble of ranking them, because it's like they're all interchangeable. At the top, I'll, I'll say at the top, it's the Pelicans, but outside of the Pelicans. Kings, Spurs, wow. Rockets, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. Like, they're all... No, see, we, we see, see... For a no. playoff spot? Yeah, like, play play in, play in. Like, but he... I, I, oh, I take okay. that as... See, my tier A through C, those are my playoff teams. And then my tier... My next tier, my tier D or whatever we do, it, are, are those teams who can maybe, if something breaks right make it see that's have, it, so, have a chance to make that's it such a pessimist like i don't know maybe i just have like a really positive outlook on the way i do my tears but like a you could you could win this conference <laughs> right b you're gonna make the playoffs c you could compete for a play-in that's pretty much how i did it and then d is like you're trash like you're not good no no f is garbage and at, at least d has some direction but, but like if you get a d team. You didn't pass the class. Like I feel like all these teams passed the class. They're not. They're, they're, yeah, they... pa- passing passing is making it to the playoffs. See, that's where we disagree. Passing is just fielding a good team. Like I like like <laughs> making the playoffs minimal. is like okay, you did pretty good in the class, but like you just fielded a good team this year. You passed the class. You know what I mean? I got to make the playoffs yeah, I to wish, pass I, the I, class. I, I wish I I wish I had you as a teacher in my honors chemistry class in high school. That's a really specific class. I don't know which teacher <laughs> hurt you. I don't know who taught honors chemistry at a doggone. What's the high school you went to? Loyola. Loyola. I don't know who that who who teaches that class, but clearly something stuck there because that was the first class. There was no hesitation. Honors chemistry at Loyola High School. 
Miss Miss Quasi. Quasi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Shout out Miss Quasi. I, I will say, like you, you defining C tier as competing for play-in changes it. Which I mean, it's hard for me to like dispute. Like, yeah, they all have a chance to be a top ten team, which is a part of why I don't like the top ten teams, even though I just said I like it. Is that like any team can finish in the top ten in the conference? All you got to do is literally play hard, and you can make the top ten. So, like, I mean, I did everything based on the original eight, you know, because eight at least makes it a little bit more selective. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. So it's like you oh, can no. put any team really to make the top ten. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the West, except for the Thunder. But we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah, that those were all like the the teams that could potentially I see making the play in. There's like six of them, and they're all like the Kings. I really liked what I saw from the Kings yesterday. At least they were pushing the ball up and down the court a lot better than they were last year. Um, the Spurs are just always going to be somewhat good, considering you have Aldridge and DeRozan, um, and then Greg Popovich. Houston, I like Julio. Just hates Houston for whatever reason. I don't know what John Wall did to you, but uh. That that dude, I, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be they could they could be the tenth seed. They could be playing in play in tournaments easily, easily, even without James Harden. Um, and then Minnesota, Minnesota is the most confusing team to me on this list. Minnesota, I feel like could enter B tier if everything falls right for them, but I just don't see. Oh it. my god! I like I'm I'm with you. I don't see it happening. But like you have D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, you have a lot of young talent. Like sure. If things fall the right way for you, you could be a playoff team. I, I wouldn't, like, if you told me Minnesota made the eighth seed by the end of the year, I wouldn't be, like, floored by it. You know what I'm saying? We should put a wager. On um, what? Another wager. On teams I just vehemently disagree with. You got, like, the Wolves. And- I mean, they're at the bottom of my seats here. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think that they're going to. I'm just saying, like, it's not they're almost in the same Charlotte range where it's like it could go a lot better than we might think it will. Um well all I'm trying to say is that if Carl Anthony Towns is the guy that you guys proclaim he is, who's y'all? He should eat you guys. He should easily he should easily make it to the playoffs. Don't conflate Eddie's idea of Carl Anthony Towns with mine, because I, I think Eddie might be like the the. I mean, they they, the they just they just have so they have so much talent, bro. They have too much. They have too much. I'm saying I, between. I'm willing to see if that talent is legit this year, because I know Cat can get it done. Like teams, contending teams, championship teams will absolutely want Cat at this instant. If the Wolves were like were willing to trade him. That like a hundred percent. It's all about whether hey. D'Angelo Russell, who I think is good, you know, can complement him well, and then whether the rest of the team, you know, does enough on the other side of the ball to make them a playoff team. Because we know they can score one fifty in any given night. One hundred fifty. That one's that's a lot. Um, <laughs> one one thing I did pick up on though is like the Grizzlies. They might mess around and get like one of these really good players, which would make them dangerous come next year. If some if some dominant or some ping pong balls fall their way, because there's a world right considering how good the Western you're, Conference is. You're incentivized to lose. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, they could. And obviously, I don't think the team's gonna want to. And that's a team that damn near made the playoffs last year. But considering how good this conference is, if the Grizzlies do mess around and not be that good this year. You might mess around and end up with a Cade Cunningham or uh, um, who's the cat out of 
We were talking about him. The guard. Suggs. Jalen Green. Green. Suggs. Like, you can mess around one of those dudes, man. And that would that would go kind of crazy. That's the kind of So we're talking about, so we're talking about 2021 already. That's funny. Hey, man. That's going to be a special class. It's going to be a special that, class. Shoot. At I Evan. Mean, doggone, like, put him next to uh, Jaron? Man. Don't tell me Bro, you're you still would talking rather draft. Don't tell me you would rather draft Evan Mobley over like. I mean, I guess we have to see how Jalen Green plays. No, no, like I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not making a big board right now. I'm just saying, like, if the Grizzlies ended up in the top five of the draft because of how good their conference is, you could mess around and get one of those dudes, which would go crazy for them. The Grizzlies would be looking at like multiple All Stars on their team. Who would have thought? And then that following year, that following. I, I want to bookmark this episode. So that following year, if that does happen, they should easily make it make it to the playoffs. <laughs> you are <laughs> a hater, We're doing bro. this like two years in advance. You have too, you have too much it. hate in your heart, bro. I don't like this. Is this is this is? I don't know why you had to come for me. I'm over here dreaming of Memphis. You know, fielding my. Uh, who would I want? I'd want. I'd want Jalen Green. I'd want Jalen Green. Give me no. I'd want Cade. Yeah. I'd want Cade. That's who I'd want. I'm tripping. Give me Cade, bro. Because if you if you went out there with uh, Ja, I guess Dylan Brooks. Really, if you if I'm being honest, I think Desmond Bain over time. I would rather have Desmond Bain start than than Dylan Brooks. But if you gave me Ja, either Bain or Brooks, Cade Cunningham, Jaron and Evan or fucking uh, Valanciunas, I guess. I mean, okay. Let let let's move on to our D tier before we yeah. get carried so away. How about my 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 D tier? I didn't even rank them really. Uh, but just just to you know preface this, I don't think any of us have an F tier, mm. right? No, I don't. Yeah, so, I have a I have a separate tier, but it's not an F tier. So in my in my tier D or D tier, I have the Grizzlies, the Wolves, Nola, uh, Sac, and San Antonio. I, I think these are all teams who last year when we were making our tiers uh, in our power rankings that the, these were the group of teams outside of the Wolves. It was the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs who I could not decide on on who was going to get that AC last year, and I think. They're all kind of in the same boat. They have a bunch of, you know, uh, pretty good young pieces, and they at least they're they're an organization with a direction. They're not directionless. Uh, so I think they're you know these teams are well positioned moving forward, especially the Grizzlies and the and the Pelicans with Bi and Zion. Um, but again, each of these teams have young pieces who are good moving forward. I just don't believe in them making the playoffs a and b they're just that that's their ceiling they're pretty good teams who have good pieces who can beat you on any given night but they're not going to make the playoffs hmm. and uh, again the way the you know the pessimistic person i guess i am i just it's not realistic at all you know yeah so i mean my dtr teams that will be comfortably outside that one to eight seed and i have them ranked in order the Spurs, the Kings, the Pelicans, and then the T-Wolves um, at the end of it. I do have another tier. Um, it's not an F tier. I, I, I can specify after, I guess, Reagan gives his teams. But, um, like, 
I don't I don't get why people are buying the Pelicans a lot because um, they don't have any defense to speak of, especially now that they traded away Drew Holiday. Um, I don't want to hear that Lonzo is some sort of like team altering defender. That's not what he is. Um, I think Zion will be better, especially you know if he can stay healthy. Like you know he can be a difference maker. Like Bi will be great offensively, but you know kind of like we talk about the Timberwolves having zero defensive presence. I don't know what exactly you know the Pelicans have because. Zion theoretically can be a good defender, but he looked terrible last year. Um, I don't know why they got Steven Adams. Like he, he's not great anymore. Like he's not probably even good anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean it's like all these teams will kind of just struggle next year. Like they'll be fun to watch, good league pass teams to you know watch games on or whatever. But you know they're not going to sniff the one to eight seeds. Hmm. And they extended him. Why? Why they extend him for, for so much money? I don't know. Not, I mean. They either want to just bully people with Zion and Steven Adams or, or I don't know. It made it made little sense to me. Well, my only dear to your team was OKC. Clearly, I almost feel like my, like, judgments on teams, like, we just shifted down a tier for, for y'all. I, I don't know. I guess I, I have more optimism. Like, your C-tier teams are my B-tier teams, and your D-tier teams are my C-tier teams, but... Whatever. I have OKC as a D tier. I forgot. Team. I forgot to include OKC, but yeah, they're in tier D. D tier. Yeah. I do have a D minus tier, and I didn't want to say F tier because F means like you're garbage. But these teams are all like solid. They're they have a direction. They're not going to compete, but like you know, they're going to be solid and fun to watch. And that's the Grizzlies and OKC. I'll take it. Um, we, we on we on tank team this year. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm, and I'm not even saying oh, this no, just to spite but, you, Reagan, I mean, you for, can, for Memphis, you, but, but <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, like, I put Memphis there because I think they just had a really good year last year. You know, like they caught a really good wind right. and kind of rode it to almost a playoff no. spot. But, I, I, but uh, they're probably taking a step back this year. That's all. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to let this slide. I'm not going to let that slide. Okay. Okay. So. I can understand why you're hopeful that they don't have the best record so that they can get a good, you know, draft pick. I can understand why you're hopeful. Mm-hmm. But now let's talk let's talk about Reagan's realistic how how he views reality. The way you view John Morant and Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark and Dylan how you used to view Dylan Brooks and Valanciunas, I mean, there is no way you can agree with Eddie. There is absolutely no way you can agree. With <laughs> I mean, I just told being you. That the, being that these players are young and ascending. I literally just told you the Memphis Grizzlies, and again, I didn't really rank the teams in my seats here, but given how talented this Western Conference is, given the teams that they're going to have to face, like there's a realistic possibility that even the Grizzlies, as, as talented as I think that they are, and as bright of a future as I think that they have, that they could end up at the bottom of this Western Conference simply by product of the fact that everyone around them is so good. Even if they take a step forward, they would still drop from eight or nine, whatever, to 15. Can I confidently say that they're going to be better than the Pelicans? No, I cannot. Can I confidently say that they're going to be better than the Kings? No, I cannot. Can I confidently say that they're going to be better than the Spurs? No, I cannot. Can I confidently say that they're going to be better than the Rockets? No, I cannot. Minnesota? No, I cannot. If, if If they don't have James Harden? 
if they don't have James Harden, sure. But like the way I see that playing out um, is James Harden playing like maybe half the season with the Rockets. And by that time, the difference between that Rockets team and the Grizzlies team would be too much ground to make up. I could see the Grizzlies being in the bottom three teams of this Western Conference. And that I think that would be OK. Get a couple of ping pong balls to roll your way. You're looking at Cade Cunningham, boy. Now you scared. Now, now Grizzly, now hey, Meth is gonna mess around and have a know, championship. You know, you know who you sound like. You sound like uh, Mike Schmidt or whatever his name is. He thinks he literally thinks everyone in the first round is gonna be an NBA All Star. It's like shut up, bro. Shut, Cade Cunningham's like, hooping, bro. I said I didn't. No, 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 no. I, I can understand that, but I'm just saying you you love the draft so much that you, you sound like Mike Schmidt. You talking now. about like how often I just bring the draft up in general? Yeah, yeah, team yeah. team building. That's that's the fundamental of basketball or sport in general, bro. Team building. I love it, bro. But I'm just saying, watch out because if the Grizzlies, y'all better not let the Grizzlies suck. That's all I'm gonna say. Because if you let the Grizzlies suck and they get one of these top five draft picks, it, it might be so, clipped. So I mean, they'll, they'll so be good we, for five years before John Morant wants you know. A trade John Morant ain't going nowhere. This city but, has embraced John Morant. I promise you. Okay. Uh, you okay. don't. You don't, you don't think Milwaukee. You don't think Milwaukee's braced uh, or uh, 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 embraced. Uh, Milwaukee's boring. Milwaukee is boring. Memphis has has a soul to it that you can't quantify because y'all from California and you wouldn't know a city with some soul <laughs> if it hits you over the face. All right, you know the the doggone the glitz and the glam of Hollywood or all the 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 doggone you know high-tech fashion of the northern bay area or whatever bro y'all don't know a city with soul to it you don't know about bill street you don't know about you know elvis presley you don't know about you know marching i am a man you don't know about a city with some soul to it it's cool i get it it's fine that's fine like that that's just not what y'all been exposed <laughs> to <laughs> all, all i know is that tennessee T- don't Tennessee say Tennessee. Declared, I don't. I'm not uh, from Tennessee. I'm not from all, Tennessee. All, all, I'm not from all, Tennessee. All I know. All I know is that Tennessee declared that Biden didn't win. And I'm, I'm not from. I'm not Trump from Tennessee. <laughs> Have you? Okay. There was a graphic that went around, like between all my friends, like literally the entire state of Tennessee. It was all red except for Memphis and Nashville. There were like two counties that were blue, and everything else was just a sea of red. I'm from Memphis, bro. Anybody from Memphis will tell you. We are not from Tennessee. We're from Memphis. It's literally a different culture within Tennessee. Just, just, uh, uh, what's it called when a state wants to separate itself? Or, you're what saying did we Texas should secede? Memphis is going to try to secede? Yeah, secede, secede. Yeah. We might have to. We might have to. We might have to. Uh, hey, all um, I'm going to say is enjoy, enjoy the five years with John Morant. It's not even being pessimistic. That's just the nature of the NBA. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, don't, 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 don't talk yourself too hard into it. Bruh, John ain't going nowhere. I've been, t- I'm trying to tell okay, you. Okay, okay. But if they don't win, he's going to want to trade because he's, he's about winning. What I'm saying, no, I mean, here's the thing. This is why I love that John Morant came to Memphis, right? Because if we were talking about Zion Williamson right now, I'd be like, yeah, he probably out of there. But John Morant, and mind you, I'm probably the biggest John Morant fan that you know. From his, from high school. I love school. John Moran more than you. Not as a fan. I th- I think he's better than Z- I- I'd rather. Nah, have it maybe perhaps Zion. as a player, but like as a fan of the individual, nah. Like I like I. I John mean, that, Morant's my favorite player in the NBA. Like, 
Ja Morant, bro. We're talking about a dude that his sophomore year of high school, he could have played varsity. But he told his coach, nah, put me on JV so I can actually hoop. You know what I mean? Like, he could have gotten sparing minutes on varsity, but he wanted to play basketball, right? He'd rather be on the worst team, like, getting his, like, being himself, right? This is a dude, unranked, coming out of high school. Nobody's looking two things at him, right? Ends <laughs> up at Murray State. Except, except in this scenario, the Lakers or... Any other team would be like, here's the key to our franchise. You get to be the star player on the varsity team. What I'm saying is, right, John Morant <laughs> is somebody who's used to being the underdog. He's accustomed to being the underdog. He embraces being the underdog. He's not the type of dude to jump ship just because a, a, a city with brighter lights are gonna be, is going to be coming for him. I like If this was we were talking about somebody else in the NBA, I'd be with y'all 100%. But I feel like John Morant is a different type of breed, man. So you're going to be so you're going to be Portland for the next 9 years. Bro, once we get Kay Cunningham, that ain't Portland, bro. You ain't talking about Portland. We're talking about a championship. All right. Perhaps. <laughs> he said okay, I he said Okay, okay, okay. Bro, okay, okay. Would do you think a young core of John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Kay Cunningham, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, like that's not a damn good team? What? Why, why did you say the last two players? Like, they wouldn't just be traded for another player when y'all have the chance, if you have the chance to. I mean, if they got traded yeah, I mean, for another, like, if they got traded for another star, then so be it. But, like, the, like the, the Grizzlies have, they're on the cusp of what I think is going to be probably the best young core in the NBA. Y'all don't believe in player development. I, mean, I, look, forgot, I, I forgot. I forgot. Y'all just want to, y'all just want to, y'all just want to, you a Laker fan and you just want to add KD to your already good team. Like, y'all don't, y'all don't care about building from the ground up. You don't want to get it out the mud. Miss, miss the whole part. We miss the whole part where we played the championships. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just championships. saying, but before, uh, I don't know, before I we, go, should we go over one to one to yes. on our list. Well, yeah, and specify like your playoff teams and who's gonna get cut off. Yeah, I'll um, do it. So, power rankings—not the way I see seedings playing out, but just power rankings. Lakers one, Clippers two, Denver three, uh, Dallas four. Those can switch if KP stays healthy. Uh, Utah five, Portland six, Phoenix seven, and for my last spot. If James Harden stays with the Rockets, I got the Rockets. If he doesn't, I got the Warriors. But assuming he stays, Rockets at eight, those are my playoff team. Warriors at nine, they missed the playoffs. And then for the rest, I got Grizzlies. Uh, I got the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, San Antonio, the Wolves, Sacramento, and OKC. Okay. So, obviously, at number one, I've made it clear. I got the Lakers, clear number one. Uh, number two, the Clippers. Three, the Blazers. Four, the Nuggets. Five, the Warriors. Six, the Mavs. Seven, the Jazz. Eight, Phoenix. So, those will be my predicted, you know, top eight teams. And then I got Houston at nine, San Antonio 10, Sacramento 11, New Orleans 12, uh, Minnesota 13, Memphis 14, and OKC 15. Hmm. Well, let's finish things out. Lakers 1, Clippers 2, Nuggets 3, Warriors 4, Phoenix 5, Portland 6, Dallas 7, Utah 8. 
Uh, in terms of the playing teams, I would venture to guess New Orleans and the Kings. New Orleans and the Kings. Then after that, never mind. I'm never mind. What? No, let's get into it. They did not get better. They didn't get better. No, no, no. I was going to say you. No, 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 I was going to say you wanted to say the Grizzlies badly. I, I know you wanted to say the Grizzlies I didn't want to say the I Honestly, no. I would have said Houston before I said the Grizzlies. I would have said Houston and Minnesota before I said the Grizzlies. Okay. If okay. the Grizzlies decide to, like, just really grit it out for real and just somehow will their way to that point, obviously I'm going to be proud of them. But I'm going to be ecstatic if they get this top five pick. But um, after that, after the play on teams, it's really a, a jumble that ends with OKC at the last. But Everyone in that C tier for me is is the Kings cannot be better than what they were last year. They can if they just played a different style of basketball. I promise you. I mean that's fair, but you have Luke Walton. That, that that's fair, but you have Luke Walton. They was playing. They was playing different. I don't know if, if last night is a sign of thing to come, things to come. But they were playing a different style of basketball than they were all of last season. They were actually running. They were actually letting De'Aaron Fox um, push the pace. They were letting Buddy Heald let it fly. Like it was, it looked good. It looked good, um, but time. They chose the wrong time. guy. They chose the wrong guy. Oh, you you you're on the Bogdan train. But, uh, yep. Hey, time can only tell. But that's an hour and a half. I think that'll do it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. Thank you all so much for tuning into this especially toxic episode i don't know i think this was kind of a stress reliever for all of us to some extent or another but it's always good to chop it up get the tears in next episode is going to be what top 10 are we ready for that one because if this one was this toxic i'm not sure top 10 is going to go well (laughs) oh my god it's going to be bad it might get ugly it might get (laughs) ugly but we're here for it as always go check out the instagram and the twitter at sqr1 hoops thank you so much for tuning in we out of there This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.